For New York Now, I'm J.R. Carlsbad, and this is On Film. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, one and all. From near and far, from close by and not as close by, Welcome to another episode of On Film. I am, of course, J.R. Carlsbad. And for the last 37 years, I have been working with New York Now to share my love of film. Because, of course, every day I wake up and I choose once again to love film. On today's episode, like every episode, we are going to talk about a film that has made significant impact in our culture. On this episode, though, we're going to cover something a little different than we normally would. And that is because usually I cover film. But I don't know if I would describe this particular film as a film. I would almost call it a movie. In the fact that it is not high art, but it has made significant impact in our culture. And that's because it is a goddamn superhero movie. That's right, folks. You've been asking me to do it, and so I'm finally doing it. I, J.R. Carlsbad, will be covering a superhero movie today on on film. On, 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 on film. 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 On film. On film. I'm sorry, folks, I short-circuited there for a second, but I'm back. On today's episode of On Film, we are going to be talking about the 2007 superhero movie entitled Snowman, with an exclamation point at the end, of course, for emphasis. Written by Aaron Sorkin and directed by Richard Richard Linklater. Snowman follows the journey of of Bill Boston, a hardworking man from Pennsylvania. He works down at the docks in rural Pennsylvania, where every day he is meant to bring in fish, but he struggles due to it being a rural area. Bill Boston, of course played by Bill Paxton, has to go home to his family and tell them that he doesn't have any more money because of the lack of fish and this of course has a negative impact on his job and there's no income you get how it works he goes into this for about 25 minutes it's uh it's a brutal scene i will i will say it really moved me it was an early time where i thought wow this aaron sorkin really has a career ahead of him i was not aware of the west wing at the time because i do not watch television I only watch film, and in this case, movies. I don't normally watch movies. Usually I have the movie jar where if I say the word movie, I have to put a dollar into it. But look, folks, let's get something straight. Films are films. Superhero movies are not films. You know the difference between a film and a movie. Don't act like, don't act like they're the same thing and that there's any artistic merit or value in a superhero movie whatsoever. Name one superhero movie where they've ever done something even remotely interesting or 
or or captivating on screen. You can't do it. Don't say the Dark Knight. You can't. That's not real. That's not a superhero movie. That's a detective film that happens to be about a superhero. Get it straight. Get it through your thick skull, you swine. Okay? Spider-Man 2? Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You think Spider-Man 2 is film because of Alfred Molina's incredible performance? I'm sorry. I didn't realize we made films now about boys dressed up as spiders swinging around New York City. I didn't realize that's what we were making films about these days. I remember when films were about godfathers and citizens named Cain. I remember when that's what films were. But I guess things have changed. Hmm. Oh, how time works. Oh, how time passes. How it affects us. How we don't even realize it's passing until it has already passed us by. Hmm. Fucking ridiculous. I can't even believe it. Calling Spider-Man to a film. Get out of here. Get out of my house. If you're... If you're in my house right now, I need you to get out. I'm... I'm not in my house... I'm at the New York Now studios today because they said I've been getting a little too unhinged on the pod, and so they need to monitor me for a while. So my supervisor, my supervisor Kevin, is looking at me. I can't see him. It's, it's, it's like a, one of those two-way mirrors or one-way mirrors. I don't know. The one where, for me, it's a mirror, but on his side, it's a window. But I know he's watching me. I'm in an interrogation room at New York Now. I don't know why we have this. I think maybe we used to be a, a police precinct, but then we, we bought out the space. And so we, we use these, we use these uh, interrogation rooms to record our, our pods, our podcasts, our iPod broadcasts. I'm short-circuiting again. Sorry. I got obsessed with the, the letters S-T-S. Folks. I'm hearing tapping on the glass. I think that's Kevin. He's telling me to get it together. Oh, yep, he just flipped on a light switch, and now I can see him all of a sudden. He's just holding up a piece of paper to the window that says, Oh, I'm sorry, I need to put on my reading glasses. Hold on. I can't find them. I found them. They're in my hands. I'm struggling. I am struggling. I'm struggling to put them on my face. Okay, they're on my face. Kevin, wait. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Put it back up. Get it! Get it! Okay. It says, JR, get it together, or we're going to have a talk with the board. Not the board, Kevin! Kevin, I swear, I'll get it together. Okay. Snowman, Richard Linklater, Aaron Sorkin. Here we go. Where was I, folks? Ah, yes. The difference between films and movies. Look, to each their own, I guess. But I just think my opinion is correct. Bill Boston, played by Bill Paxton, is at the, is at the end of his rope. He's down on his luck. He doesn't have a job anymore, and he needs he needs to find income. He needs to find a way to support his family through these tough times, because it's almost Christmas time. And. He finds himself wandering the streets. He's so cold. He goes, oh, oh, he's stumbling. He's stumbling. He's drunk. He's drunk off his ass because he's a, 
he's a sad man. He's, he's drunk, wandering through the streets of, of rural Pennsylvania. Doesn't know where to go. He he stumbles into a pub. He he has a, he has another another seven pints. He gets kicked out of the pub. They say, "Get out of here, Bill Boston. Get out of here. Go back to your family." And so he says, "Okay, I'll go back to my family." But he doesn't make it back to his family. At least, not in this body. Oh, of course. Bill Boston gets mugged by a a group of street youths. They they take his they take the coat off his back, they take the, the shoes off his feet, the hat off his head, the pants off his butt and legs, the undies off of his off of his private area. He's fully nude. Full nude scene from Bill Paxton. And folks, let's just say it, it's impressive. Paxton looks good. You don't you didn't you don't go into this thinking, "Ooh, I think Paxton's going to look good when he when he hangs dong in this movie." But oh boy, does he. Boy howdy. I'll say. I I call me a cowboy cuz I said boy howdy. I put on my cowboy hat that I bring with me to the theater. Sometimes, not all the time. I'm not a maniac. After being mugged by the group of street youths, a a single car pulls up and says, Oh, hey, old timer. And he goes, I'm not old. I'm 43. They go, oh, my apologies. You appear to be nude and freezing. How about I bring you someplace warm and get you some help? And he says, thank you, kind stranger. That would that would be nice. I always depend on the kindness of strangers. And he looks right into camera. Of course, that being a reference to a streetcar named Desire. Familiar with that one? Are we, folks? Are we familiar with that one, with the film or the play? I wouldn't know the play, of course. I've never seen it because it's not a film. I watch film, folks. I don't watch plays. Plays are dog trash. They're hot garbage. Those are for piss babies. Plays. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was a child and it was playtime on the playground. Oh, Oh, you just want me to go and watch a play? You want me to go spend $90 to go sit in the back row of the upper balcony, 500 feet away from the stage, to see a bunch of adults doing make-believe? That's what you want me to do? Interesting. Trevor? Editor Trevor? That's not your name. Your name's Jeremy. I'm sorry. I called you Trevor, and that's on me. I owe you some respect. Your name is Jeremy. Jeremy, if you're listening, and God, I hope you're listening since you're editing this podcast, I need you. I need you to cut out the part where I, where I talk shit about plays. It's not going to be popular. People are, the theater, the theater kids are going to come after me for this one. They're going to say, they're going to say, oh, JR, oh, JR, what do you, oh, you think that, you think that film just happened on its own? You think it wasn't influenced by plays? And if you look at early film, it's basically just a play being recorded because, you know, they're on a soundstage and it's all, it's just, you know, a three wall set with one wall missing. And basically the whole movie takes place in one fucking room because it's just a play. I was, I will, I will be embarrassed because they make a great point. Honestly, I'm well aware film would not exist if it if not for plays, but I am too big to admit that on a on a public forum. So Jeremy, 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 listen to me. 
Jeremy, the microphone is the microphone is in my mouth at this point. Jeremy, I need you to do this for me. Jeremy, this is all I have. I have very little and you know this. Please, Jeremy. Anyway, the stranger takes Bill Boston, played by Bill Paxton, to what appears to be his home, but is actually a secret lab where he shoots him with a snow gun. It's a snow ray, but it just looks like a gun. It looks like just a pistol. He just pulls out a pistol and shoots him. Point blank, no hesitation. And we're like, oh my God, did this mad scientist just just kill Bill Paxton in cold blood? No, he brought him a new life in cold blood. Because now he's a goddamn snowman. He's half snow, half man. He doesn't look like a regular snowman, you know, with like three, like the base snowball, the big snowball, and then the middle one that's a little smaller than the bottom, and then the top one that's even smaller than that with a hat on it. None of that. He looks like a man, but he's made of snow. It's like that, it's like that child's, that childish movie, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3 with Sandman, but he's made of snow instead. Bill Boston returns to his home in rural Pennsylvania to find his family horrified. They say, who are you? Who are you? You intruder. You intruder, get out of our house. I'll call my, his wife, his wife says, I'll call my husband and he'll come and kick your ass. He's unemployed. He's got nothing going on. So he's got the time to come kick your ass. And then she calls him and the snowman's phone rings. And she says, what? What, Bill? Is that you? Bill, I, Bill, I thought I'd never see you again. We haven't seen you in, we haven't seen you since last night. We were certain you were dead. What? What's this? A party going on behind me? No, we're not celebrating the fact that we thought you were dead. We love you. We love you, Bill. Bill, please. Don't do this. Bill. So Bill gets all upset uh, because they they were throwing, throwing a Bill is dead party. And he leaves. He abandons his family forever. And he moves to the city. He moves to Pittsburgh. Where he fights winter crime. He spends the rest of the movie fighting winter crime, which is really, it's regular crime, but happening in the winter. He stops bank robbers and shit. It's pretty cool. There's some good CGI stuff. It's pretty impressive, but it is a movie, not a film. It's not a film. I don't care what anyone says. It's not a fucking film. If there's, if anyone has superpowers, automatically, not a film. I'm with, I'm with Scorsese on this one. Scorsese, he knows what he's talking about. There's zero chance that an old, old, old man could be in any way out of touch and wrong about anything. That that age just brings experience. Impossible for him to have a have a bad take on something. I'll listen to that man until I'm dead, which I hope is, which I hope is long before. He dies. I hope he never dies. Folks, that's the, that is the official opinion of New York Now. We hope Martin Scorsese never dies. I'm, I'm getting another tap on the glass. The light. I'm waiting for the light. The light is on. Kevin has put up another note. He has asked me to read. Please note 
This is not the official opinion of New York Now. We are, of course, not wishing death upon Martin Scorsese. That would be insane. But we also are not saying that we hope he never dies. Because that would honestly be cruel. To wish that someone never dies. That they're immortal. And that they have to just live their life watching everyone they love die around them. And then having to form entirely new relationships with new people until there is absolutely nobody left from the first batch of of loved ones and then he has to watch them die. That would be cruel. That would be awful. We wouldn't wish that on anyone. We hope Martin Scorsese does die at some point when it is appropriate. But we're not we're not wishing that on him. Let's be clear here. Kevin, you wrote that really fast. I'm impressed. And that's handwritten, not even typed. You wrote that with you wrote that with crayon on a cue card. Where'd you get a cue card? Is that from Did you go down to 30 Rock and talk to Wally? Is that what happened? I don't even know where you get cue cards these days. Do you just have to go to the paper store and say, give me your biggest cut of paper? I, we don't have time to go into... The, I don't want you to come in the room. I'm begging you to not come in the room and explain how you got the cue cards. I'm, I can't hear you, so I'm assuming that you're just saying, oh, please, JR, let me come in, but I don't know for sure. You've written down again that I'm, I'm misjudging. You are not begging at all. You do not want to come in here. Good, I don't want you in here either. I've in fact barricaded the door when you weren't looking. I'm assuming you weren't looking. I couldn't, I couldn't tell because, because of the glass situation. You could tell. You've written down that you could tell you were watching the whole time and that me just putting some cans of soup in front of the door does not make it a barricade. You can easily open this door, but you're not going to. Please don't. We're, I'm recording in here. It would fuck up the whole sound thing. We'd have to start over. We'd have to start the whole podcast over if you walk if you open that door while I'm recording. While that red light is on, do not walk in this room. Okay. I'm glad I have your respect. You've written another card. I do not have your respect. Hey, Kevin, fair. Fair. Jeremy, Jeremy, it's just me and you right now. Kevin can't hear this. I need you to edit all of this out. Any mention of Kevin, it's got to be gone. He's put up another card. He can hear me. It's not just me and you. Fuck. Jeremy. Jeremy. Delete this whole episode. Delete it. Delete it. I. Kevin. Kevin, please. Kevin, please. No, don't come in here. No. Kevin. You opened the door so quietly. How did you do that? I didn't even hear you open it. I was watching the door. You just opened that. It was like you phased through the door. Oh my God, you phased through the door Terminator style. Terminator 2 style. Judgment Day. That one. Kevin, please. Stop staring at me menacingly and silently. You're not even breathing. Or if you are, you're breathing so quietly. I, Folks, you're not going to believe this. Because you definitely can't hear anything. There is a six foot seven man in the room with me right now. His name is Kevin. He's a foot away from my face. His face is a foot away from mine. He's he's making threatening faces. I don't know if he's gonna beat me up or if we're about to kiss. I I I couldn't say. I'll be honest, 
I kind of hope it's a kiss. He's just written another card. It says, not going to be a kiss. Kevin, do you speak? Can you speak? He's refusing to answer this question, folks. I don't... I wanted to... Folks, I'm, I'm sorry. I was trying to tell... I'm trying to tell everybody about about the how Snowman ends. I would love to get to it. But Kev, Kevin, can you please? Can you relax? I'm just... I've just been joshing around, okay? I've just been razzing your ass. If you if you get on out of here, I'll finish up the episode. I'll buy you some ice cream, okay? Okay, great. Kevin has just phased through the door again. Terminator 2 style. A movie, not a film, by the way. Anyway. Um, you know, he does his winter crime shit. He fights off a bunch of criminals. He gets the key to the city. A big gold medal. And then, um, and then Bill Boston's family, Snowman's family, they finally come and find him in Pittsburgh, and they say, they say, Dad, Papa, Bill, we love you. Please come back home. And he says, Okay, I will. I love you too. But then, we see we see a menacing shot of a calendar, and what day is it? But March twenty first, the first day of spring, and the sun is blaring down and we watch as Bill Boston melts. He melts in front of our eyes and his family weeps and the puddle that once was Bill Boston goes into a, a sewer drain and then the credits roll and roll and we sit there and we cry until suddenly the credits are interrupted by the by the words on screen that say Nine months later, and I go, was someone pregnant? Is there a baby being born? In a way, yes, someone is being reborn because it is now December 21st, and in the storm drain, we are, we are down in the storm drain, and we see a familiar puddle. It's just water, but we know. We know who it is, who, it is, who that water belongs to. Bill Boston, and then it freezes, and oh, oh, magic, magic happens, ooh, superpowers, and Bill Boston comes back, and he then walks through the sewers, through the storm, up to up to the storm drain, where he sticks his head, he's, he, he puts his head up to it, and looks out, and says, oh, this world is mine for the taking, and then also we see behind him in the storm drain is uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and also Pennywise the Clown. And that sets up what was supposed to be a sequel, ended up not getting made because uh, this was this was not a Marvel or DC project. And of course, the Ninja Turtles, I think, are technically... The comic rights, at least, are owned by DC because there have been some, like, Ninja Turtle Batman comics. I don't know how that works. And then Pennywise, Warner Brothers, which is also... They they own DC. I don't know why this couldn't have worked out, actually. Now that I think about it. Unimportant. Not my responsibility to worry about. Okay, folks, I've, I've simply got to go. I didn't want to say this, but I've... I trust you. And Jeremy, I trust you're going to fucking edit this out okay do not do not include this 
do not include this, okay? I said that I trust the people. I don't. So cut all of this. Cut all of this when I tell you that I have to go. I gotta take a shit. I, I hate to say it. I gotta shit. Okay, folks, I have to go. Uh, and the reason I have to go, I have a, I have a, I have a date with, with Rosario Dawson. Fuck, they're not going to believe that. Shit. Jeremy. Jeremy, edit that out. God damn it, Jeremy. On Film is hosted by me, Michael Thomas Kennedy. Everything you just heard was completely improvised. If you enjoyed the show and want to listen to more, you can go over to Patreon where there are extended and bonus episodes of the show. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>